Tracking Immunization Status Among Nursing Home Residents, a conversation with Patty Austin. So on today's episode, we're talking with Patty Austin from our Quality Insights team. Patty Austin is a quality improvement specialist here at Quality Insights. She's been working in the skilled nursing arena for the past 29 years. After starting her career as a nursing assistant and leaving the front lines as a director of nursing, the variety of perspectives that Patty has enables her to see the big picture that helps nursing facilities create lasting change within their communities. Patty's been with Quality Insights since 2016, and she considers it a privilege to be able to interact with so many different facilities on a variety of topics each day. So welcome, Patty. Thank you so much for joining us today to talk about tracking immunization status amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you, Mitzi. And hi, everybody. So before we dive in today, I was getting ready to talk with you and something popped into my head. And it was a game we used to play in our neighborhood when we were very young, little kids. And what the game was is we would say a word over and over and over again until it became like nonsensical sounding. It was a silly game, but we had a great time playing it. We ended up rolling on the grass laughing. And that's kind of where we're at with today's topic in my head. Vaccinations or immunizations, if you prefer. We have said those words so darn often that in a way they've lost a little bit of their meaning. So I have a little fun fact before we get started. Vaccination and immunization are often used interchangeably, but I recently learned that they have subtly different meanings. Vaccinations refer to the use of a vaccine to stimulate the immune system and protect against infectious disease but immunization is the process of making your immune system resistant to an infection or a disease, typically via via vaccination. So we get vaccinations to provide immunization. Vaccinations are the action that we take to induce the process of immunization. So that's today's fun fact, and I'm already getting tongue-tied saying them. We better stop and let Mitzi get us back on track because I'm starting to have a little flashback from my childhood and we don't want to get on that path. So even that little bit of repetition sounds crazy. Mitzi, back to you. (laughs) Thanks, Patty. I'm going to try not to get tongue-tied myself after hearing that story. Um, Okay, so to get us started, can you talk a little bit about the process of tracking the immunization status of nursing home residents and why it's important. And I guess after after hearing your um, what your comments that you just made, is it better to say immunization or vaccination in this case? Well, when we're giving those injections, we are providing a vaccination with the hope that we're then go that's going to lead us to immunization. So I think probably as an industry, we're always going to use them interchangeably. But I think that subtle difference is interesting to think about. But in long-term care, we have always needed to track our vaccination statuses. And we were hopeful that by doing that, we would then ensure a high level of immunity within our population. And we've tracked flu and pneumo vaccines for many, many, many years. 
Then shingles vaccines were added as a little distraction for a little while. And now we have COVID vaccines and COVID boosters and potentially the need for annual COVID vaccines, just like the flu shots. When you have a population that is always changing, multiple vaccination requirements, and then differing time requirements, that can become a little bit of a challenge unless you have a process in place to help you manage it. The lack of a process can lead to missed opportunities and result in negative outcomes to the health of our residents, which is maybe the most egregious outcome, but it's certainly not the only negative impact that a missed vaccination can lead to. What about things like staffing shortages when low resident vaccination rates translate to employee illnesses? Or even survey citations that relate to things like immunizations or failure to follow physician's orders. Then there's MDS coding and quality of care issues. The list really goes on and on. So it's a priority now more than ever to create a standardized, replicable process to capture our vaccination status. And then to track that status the entire way through the resident's length of stay so that follow-up vaccinations occur as they're intended to occur. To ensure that your process is going to work for you, the place that you have to begin is kind of exactly where you're at right now. So if you have a written procedure already in place, now is the time to pull that out and to see how closely you're actually following that procedure and then to do an audit to see if it's functioning in the way that you intended it to originally. This is really the QAPI process at work. The repeated and systematic evaluation of processes designed to identify areas that might be improved. And as you're completing that evaluation, talk to the people who are actually doing the process and completing the various steps. How is that process working for them? Do they find a particular area cumbersome or difficult to manage? And how would they change that process if they could? When the user of any process finds that it is difficult to maneuver or complete, the tendency is then to find a workaround. And those workarounds inevitably lead to unwanted and unintended outcomes. When you're having those conversations, and you find yourself leading down a road that is discovering areas that might have the potential to improve, it is the perfect time to pull out that trusty five wise tool and to help the person that you're talking with identify why they find a particular area difficult. We all have these tools and skills in our toolbox already, and this is the perfect time to apply them. If you don't have a written procedure, now's the time to create one. But like most things, it's not a one-man job. You're gonna to need to most likely pull together a small group of people and then by, begin by identifying what it is that you hope to accomplish. You're gonna to need to consider things like vaccination status on admission and who's gonna gather that data. What will you do if you're unable to gather the vaccination data on admission? Where are you gonna keep the information in your medical record? How will you track when a resident is due for a vaccination or a booster? 
how are you going to ensure that when a vaccination's due, it's actually been administered? And how does the discharge planning process fit into the vaccination trajectory? Do you need an ongoing audit to ensure that the procedure that you put in place is adopted and working well? And if you do, who will do the audit? And then where are you gonna report the results to and what will you do with them when they are reported? Writing a procedure is seldom a one and done venture. Most likely you're gonna need to revisit and revise that procedure until you reach the point where your procedure actually matches the expectation. Yeah, thank you, Patty. Um, now you had indicated that nursing homes should assess immunization status prior to a resident's admission. Now, what do these facilities do if the hospital doesn't have the information or cannot document that status somehow? Yeah, that can become a little bit of a sticky point in some cases. For example, we've heard from some of all of you that they're finding that people are admitted to the hospital and then they report to the hospital that they were vaccinated months ago, sometimes a year ago at a community clinic. And although they did get a card at the time of vaccination, they don't have any idea where it's at and they can't prove that they were vaccinated. The hospital may take them at their word. And what that means is that when they arrive to you, they're gonna lack the proof of vaccination that you like to have and you're left to decide where to go next. Part of the process that you put into place is going to have to identify that issue and then address what you would do in that type of scenario. Maybe you'll place a call to the community PCP to see if they're able to confirm the status. Maybe the social worker could call the family for any added insight but lacking a standard in this area isn't gonna work for you. How will you know when they're due for a booster? Are you even sure that they got the COVID vaccine? Maybe they're remembering last year's flu shot. Finally, you should discuss a standard protocol with your medical director and how you will address documenting these kinds of situations as you move forward. That will be your plan to ensure that your residents are one, getting what they need, and two, that you have the documentation to support what you've done. Okay, thanks, Patty. That's very good advice. Um, now, thinking about when a facility is tracking a resident, what if that resident refuses a vaccination? Does the resident then just move into a category of their own or how would refusals like this be monitored? Okay, so when a resident isn't vaccinated for any reason other than a medical contraindication, you'll need to have a plan so that that resident is continued to be offered the opportunity to change their decision at any point in time. Part of that refusal process should include education to the resident and to the family on what action they would take if they do change their mind. Additionally, education should continue to be provided to the resident and their families on an ongoing basis. That scheduled education would be determined by the facility and be specific to the circumstance. Different methods and individuals are encouraged for this process. 
the same nurse providing the same information most likely will generate the same response. Sometimes something as simple as a different person presenting the information can make a difference. For example, a resident who is uncertain about the safety of the COVID vaccine may be reapproached after more education has been provided by the social worker rather than the nurse. If the refusal is continued, re-education might, <laughs> excuse me, re-education will continue and the resident may ultimately change their mind. So as you move forward in time, you're going to start with frequent re-education, then move to maybe monthly, and then finally even quarterly. Documenting that as an ongoing process via the care plan and the nurse's notes is going to be a great way for you to support your ongoing effort to encourage vaccination. And don't forget to include following up with the community PCP when you're discharging those patients so that that vaccination conversation can continue after they leave you. Thank you, Patty. Um, the next question that I have, and this is before we get into any listener questions that we may have, um, let's talk about quality control. So nursing home staff know that chart reviews can take a lot of time and spreadsheets can often be error prone. How can staff ensure that they're not missing something because of these things? Just the thought of having to go back and do chart reviews is enough to make me cringe. So I completely agree with what you're saying. First, let me begin by mentioning that the data tracking worksheet, which is an Excel spreadsheet, has been updated on the NHSN COVID-19 vaccination webpage. It was last updated in January of this year. And that does allow users to better manage individual tracking of COVID-19 vaccination statuses. They're currently in the process of building that worksheet right into the NHSN application. And training on the use of that feature is going to be announced sometime this spring. That tool can be expanded to include the flu and pneumo vaccination data as well. Or you can use it kind of as a guideline, a template for developing your own tracker um, to know what kind of information, what types of things you might want to be tracking. And trackers without a doubt, doubt help. But you might want to consider adding a process to ensure that the tracker is functioning as it should in every case. The system that you develop will depend on your facility and there really isn't a cookie cutter approach to what's gonna work for all of us. One of the most popular approaches is providing access to that tracker to your RNAC team and then having them verify that the information on the tracker, the documentation in the medical record and what's actually happened in real time is complete. And they can do that with the completion of each MDS. So they're doing it on a routine scheduled basis. Other people are asking medical records to do specific numbers of random audits each day. And some are even enlisting the, the help of their unit clerks to audit room by room. Whatever you decide will work for your facility. The important thing is that you have a backup plan in place to catch that inevitable you know, transposed number on a spreadsheet or the missed entry date on a spreadsheet. 
Yarnax, I think, can really help with that process. All right. Um, Patty, thank you for this information. Thank you for providing this valuable insight for us today. And I just want to remind everyone, if you want to reach out to Patty directly, you can call Quality Insights at 1-800-642-8686. Her extension is 7633. And you can also contact Patty via email at P-A-U-S-T-I-N at qualityinsights.org. I'll include this information below. Um, and lastly, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners. You can check out our other interviews by visiting our website at www.qualityinsights.org forward slash QIN underscore vlogs and pods. That's V-L-O-G-S-N-P-O-D-S.